On this episode, we talk to Toby John Cox, the head of sales at Ennis Global Mortgages. We talk about working with super high net worth clients, building culture in a sales team, what Ennis has to offer, and much more. Now it's time to spend 30 minutes in finance. So I'm Toby John Cox. I'm Ennis's uh, head of sales. I've been with Ennis for seven years. Um, prior to that, I was working for an insurance company. And before that, I was working with one of the more, uh, one of well, London's larger sort of retail uh, mortgage brokerage. Um, I, I moved to Dubai uh, eight years ago with my wife's job and and then came across Huey Jones on the front cover of Mortgage Strategy, um, telling everyone that he was going to open an office in Dubai. And I quickly linked in him saying that I'd like the opportunity to to run that office, um, we did that, and, and, and that was hugely successful. So we did that for for six years, and we now have a team of um, four brokers and a, an accountant out there. Uh, and then I recently moved back to Ennis's office in London, um, helped run the team here. Um, in terms of uh, my what I'm doing when I'm not mortgage broking, um, I'm based in in Windsor, which uh, for those who know me will know that I think it's the best town in England I uh, have a young family um yeah that, that that's me in short really no that's perfect and, and thank you obviously for coming on Toby really appreciate you taking your time obviously you've been working for for Ennis for a while are you able to give us a a sort of quick overview of of what Ennis is and and sort of where they sit in the industry yeah, whether I can do uh, justice to the sort of machine that is, we, we have now in quickly, but I'll try not to, to linger on any of the, the business lines because Ennis has been trading for 15 plus years. Uh, we're still um, co-owned by the founders, Hugh Isla, Hugh and Isla, and, and we now have a um, third investor, which is Nigel LeCain. Um, and we were founded as a prime real estate mortgage brokerage um so uh, hugh and isla found themselves frustrated within a retail brokerage unable to service the best and most interesting clients that were coming across their desk and they founded ennis uh, and the view was with ennis that we would um, go out there into the world uh, and find uh, globally mobile interesting people who possibly didn't fit through the round hole um, that is uh, sort of the UK retail mortgage market, right? And, and through that process, we developed a, a business or they developed a business that does um, just over a billion dollars a year worth of lending, works with over 500 um, lenders and has offices in Dubai, Jersey, Geneva, Zurich, Monaco and London. Wow. We currently have 20 uh, plus advisors. Uh, we have an average loan amount which sits just below uh, four million pounds. Um, that business has grown substantially now, um, and mortgages uh, accounts for uh, maybe one of three business lines that we have. Uh, and when I say mortgages, I'm referring to uh, the UK uh, and residential investment mortgages, um, commercial development financing, bridging and mezzanine financing. We then do all of that in Europe. Um, but predominantly residential investment properties and bridging debt through all of Western Europe. Um, and again, the same in uh, the United Arab Emirates. Um, 
on top of that, we have a team uh, which we which is securities backed lending, uh, which is uh, fundamentally the lending against big single line stocks and shares, um, whereby possibly some of the other big institutions haven't been able to assist. Uh, we're more than happy to to work with clients through a panel of lenders to secure debt against their investment holdings, and we also have a corporate finance team, uh, which is what one of the most exciting teams at the moment in terms of growth. Um, and they are delivering debt solutions for companies. Um, so whether that's invoice discounting, partnership buyouts, merchant acquisitions, they're helping all our high net worth clients with their, their business aspirations. So creating liquidity within the business to do exciting things. Um, so those are our sort of three core pillars um, of lending. We also do a few other bits around that to include luxury asset financing uh, and everything else that might be fun. Uh, certainly those are our, our core three. Uh, wow. So I think that's a pretty good overview of, of what's ended up to, uh, and, and sort of how do we how, how do we think we differentiate ourselves in the market? Um, I, I'd say certainly our, one of our key USPs would be the high level of service. Uh, we don't we don't operate a model whereby we do lots and lots of mortgages each year, um, but we service a few very good clients very well, um, and, and and I guess that's that sort of allows you know not stacking up clients and making sure we service them well whilst charging uh, a sensible fee for the time and work that we put into the transactions to utilize our, our lender knowledge and approach um, has sort of you know given us a given us a, a nice place within the market yeah wow that is um yeah <laughs> it is a serious machine isn't it that's the and as i was saying obviously prior to sort of starting the recording um Ennis does have a, a certain air about it when you sort of talk to people. And as I mentioned, um, I was saying that you were coming on and obviously everybody sort of like is in awe of kind of what has been achieved and what you guys are doing. And I think a lot of them do want to replicate something similar to that um, from my experience. And what specific part of that do you focus on? Well, so my, my role within the company is um, group head of sales. So I'm responsible for the management of all the sales teams through all the offices and business lines, uh, along with our um, business development team and sales support team. So I just coordinate everyone together. And I think uh, the main part of, of my job is, is A, providing a platform that will allow the advisors um, to, to flourish, right? Um, and B, creating an environment of um, an environment of connectivity where we are always putting our best striker up front right so uh, rather than brokers holding on to deals where they're maybe not experienced enough in that right business line they're they're incentivized and encouraged to share deals but also share information about lenders and and how um, best to go about closing on transactions you know for the best outcome for the clients right um, yeah. so creating foundation and a shared a shared business of information i think is probably my my sort of main job and then obviously all that other fun stuff that comes with management like uh keeping people on their toes and uh and all that exciting stuff yeah because i can imagine and that sounds like a really sort of unique way of doing it because from my experience and talking to other places that it's a bit of a sort of doggy dog world at times out there and obviously if you get a really good client um uh, and the sort of clients that you deal with, I would imagine that it's it's not always easy to want to hand that over to somebody that is is better than you. Uh, maybe a particular I think, I think bit. The, um, 
the, the point there, right, is if, if you have a world-class client, um, and, and I, I say that, you know, net worth plus plus 50 million, who has significant assets across many different jurisdictions and, and sort of industries or, or asset types, right? So, um, you know, I might be the best person in the office to look after their UK prime residence um, for, you know, the Saudi Arabian chap who has a big house in London and he's just looking at putting his putting his mortgage in order um, for whatever reason he's got the, the mortgage there. But he's also got business interests in London and he's struggling to grow those and looking for some liquidity there. He's also got investment holdings in Switzerland. And he's got 50 million quid in SpaceX or one of these other stocks and shares that people have invested in. Um, I'm not the best person to try and grab all of that, right? But but, yeah. but but if we if we well, and also I might not be the best person just to try and hit them with a, a mortgage application because that might also not be what's the best outcome for what they're trying to achieve, right? So what we're trying to foster in our approach, I suppose, is is to find the clients, whether that's me or someone else finding them, having a having a high level and broad discussion with them about all of their assets, liabilities, and, and really what they're looking to achieve, right? And and then trying to put the correct team in front of them to make a proposal that that's most efficient, I don't know, from a tax perspective or from a speed perspective or from a price perspective, right? Because, um, you know, it might be efficient for them to borrow against the house, but it might be cheaper and quicker for them to borrow against the line of shares, or it might be that actually borrowing against the house is tax inefficient if they're looking to invest in a company and they could look at leveraging assets within the company and doing something more creative right so i think rather than being a sort of sledgehammer that's trying to whack a nail into a piece of plyboard uh we're, we're trying to sort of be maybe a little bit more sophisticated is the wrong word um but 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 helicopter view of what they're doing so we can make the best uh recommendation for the client right so um, I'd hate to say that's consultancy uh, type approach, but, but certainly because we, we have many business lines and, and many areas of expertise, we're able to sort of move a client around those business lines to make sure the outcome is correct, right? Yes, it's a really interesting sort of point. And are you happy sort of talking about sort of how yeah. you actually go about sort of sharing that out through the team? And obviously, let's say if somebody finds them, finds the client, um, but then isn't the best person to help them at all, how they yeah. sort of go about getting remunerated for that at all. Is that something you're happy to talk about? Yeah, look, of course, there's no uh, there's no big secret. right? Um, so I think it's a culture that we've fostered over quite a few years, right? I, I think, as you said, the traditional brokerage model is, is sort of each man for themselves, right? And, and I guess we've tried to foster... Uh, very much a team um, team approach to, to transacting, uh, which is which I think for us has worked worked really well. Uh, and it hasn't been overnight success, but you know it's taken years and and it's become a great success to do so. Um, but also, um, obviously, they're all remunerated for for cross referrals. So there's a there's a share of the commission pool um, that is that is divvied out to those that were involved in the in the sharing or referring of business. Perfect. And how do you actually go about finding these clients? Because I would imagine everyone is after them. Um, yeah, that's so... the, that's the secret. That's the that's the secret sauce, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, Are you going to share yeah, it so everyone yeah. can go out and get them? Um, but yeah, yeah. I, th I think we're, we're we're super fortunate. We've been doing it for fifteen years, right? So 
we've been we've been stomping the streets for a long time. Hugh and I are some of the best business development minds um, I think within in the industry. If they listen to this, then sorry, um, but yeah, they they're certainly experts, and I think that's filtered down through the business. This sort of attitude of of developing yourself and and being a person of value is to, to go out and create your own opportunity, right? Um, the business is fortunate enough to be able to provide many, many clients for all of our advisors, but those that really excel are those that that also nurture relationship within all the other private client um, advisors out there. So yeah, I won't go too much into detail, but you certainly don't find them sitting behind your computer screen in your office waiting for the phone to ring, right? Yeah, yeah, I can imagine with those kind of things, it's a lot of sort of knocking on doors and, well, maybe not literally, but possibly um, more, you probably more, wouldn't more get through. them down, I think. Yeah. yeah. So how many actually advisors do you have? Uh, I think the number, I think we're on 24 at the moment. Okay, so it's a pretty big team. Um, which yeah, is team. Yeah, so... That's spread, I mean, that's spread, spread out across the world, right? So we have... Um, yeah four in dubai we have a couple in monaco we have a couple in jersey uh we have a, 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 a sort of network of people in switzerland um and then also our main hub which is london where um the number is, is not on top of my head but we have i don't know 10 to 15 uh, advisors at the moment yeah so it's, it is a pretty big team and obviously spread out gives you a a whole lot of because i would imagine in sort of various countries they'll have all sorts of different potential solutions um was, I was talking to somebody that does quite a lot of business in America and they've got products and and things that we just don't have or I don't know about them <laughs> in the UK um and I would imagine is that the case is there sort of different sort of options across the world or are you guys sort of able to do pretty much everything anyway I think there's a um, what's the right phrase? It's an interest rate for everyone, isn't there? Right. I think there's a solution for all shapes and size of of client, um, and those are sometimes issued and provided for on the high street. Sometimes those are UK private banks. Sometimes it's uh, European or, or Swiss private banks, the Middle Eastern private banks, the American lenders, as you as you mentioned. Uh, you know, and I guess our, our panel, if you want to call it a panel, but we, we prefer not to. Um, of sort of 500 plus lenders is everyone from uh, your one man up the road who lends a bit of money and, 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 and does that sort of quite nimbly all the way through to the sort of world's biggest institutions. And, and I guess by, by, by opening that breadth of, um, of lender network, um, we're, we're typically able to solve a, a problem for everyone, right? Um, and, and I guess in terms of the growth of the business, we, we, we've sort of always worked with high net worths and, as their as the require their requirements to us have changed or developed, then we've had to develop as well. So, you know, how do we start the SPL team? Or how do we start the corporate team? It's really uh, where we saw sight of sight of that demand, right? People coming to us asking those questions, and and then just going out there and and developing um, an offering for them. Right? Yeah, it's 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 a really interesting space, and and something that we could probably go into for the whole half an hour in itself is just to sort of dealing with those but um we'll, we'll kind of move on a little bit and maybe we'll get you back on in a few months or so um if you want to to, to come back yeah, and discuss them but um with the the sort of you said there's a sort of interest rate or potentially for everyone um that's saying how have these actual recent rises 
impacted the sort of clients that you get? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, right? And I think the um, the sort of interest rate fears that the the press are pushing in, so from which are real fears, right? Which is um, it has had an impact on our business. You know, although that said, we moved ourselves away really from doing lots of retail applications. So, but how have the interest rate hikes affected larger ticket um, borrowers? Right, uh, I guess. Yeah there's those that are aspirational that are looking to buy properties in, in prime London, take that as a, a place who are, who are still transacting the very best properties in London are still, as, as you appreciate sort of flying off the shelves. And those are, those are quite a competitive market in, in terms of what's going on there. Mm. Um, interest rate, uh, you know, certainly at the, the um, start of the year or the end of last year, we saw um, a sort of nervousness or a, a sort of, uh, uh, uncomfortableness about how people look at interest rates you know gosh it's got so expensive um but i think latterly um people have come to terms with the idea that that interest rates are, are high and higher um and and they're going to sort of stay that way for a while right um i think we'd also have to consider why high net worth people are borrowing when often they don't need to to borrow the money um so that comes down to the opportunity cost of having that money stuck in a property rather than being able to invest in either the markets or private equity or venture capital or, or in their own businesses. Um, and, you know, often, even if you're paying a higher interest rate, you know, if you can make that money better at work, better elsewhere, then it still makes sense to borrow. Um, yeah. all, all the sort of age old inheritance tax play that most of them were, were operating on, that's, that's probably become less common. Um, just because the cost of the borrowing um, sort of eats away at your saving a bit quicker. But, you know, there's still plenty of good reasons for people to borrow um, and to transact and, and do business, right? And I think that's where we've been lucky is because we're spread across multiple business lines. Um, you know, we've been able to to sort of a, be, be mobile in, in where we're deploying our, our best efforts, um, but also in, in terms of the scope of options we're able to provide a client, um, we're not reliant on mortgage products solely, right, to, to service the client's requirements. So we're, we're able to find cheaper money elsewhere or better ways of of doing things. Um, so I think that's played into our advantage. And I think if anything, if you're thinking of, you know, you look all over LinkedIn and brokers having a hard time at the moment, well, I think it's fair to say that interest rates have caused headache uh, in the sort of lending broking, broking community or world, right? But it does also present a great opportunity to us uh, who are in this industry where it's becoming more and more difficult for people to borrow. It's becoming less and less transparent, I suppose, as to what's going to happen in the future and how their product might look and feel given interest rates going up and down and left and right. Um, and I think that presents a good advisor, an opportunity to be a great advisor, right? Um, given, given clients are likely to need better advice and, um, I think that just creates it will, it will ultimately when when market returns and, and becomes busy again um, give brokers a great opportunity to to become really key advisors within in the world of real estate right yeah no I think it and it is an interesting one because I did have another broker on not too long ago that deals with uh, sort of high net worth individuals mostly from sort of Africa that that was sort of the the sort of wealthy um, those kind of uh, sort of business people, um, mostly from Africa, and he was saying that they are less sort of 
they, they're the impact from the interest rates generally less than them because they just have things that are the return is so much greater um, and they generally take on things that you know aren't as fine margins um but i, I yeah it's an interesting one to to kind I, of i'd agree i at. think i think it's less so um difficulty presenters less so the sort of client mindset or client customer mindset because to some extent to them they're going to work their numbers out right and they can afford what they can afford and if if that was a three million pound house and it's now a two and a half million pound house then then they'll just adjust accordingly right and yeah. i think the, the the greater difficulty is in in the unknown of of interest rates and and the impact that's had on rushes to submit to banks to save interest rates which has created a clogged pipeline or the unknown you know banks are delving deeper into applications than maybe they were a year ago um they're stress testing certainly in the world of buy to lets a much more aggressive rate obviously the interest rates are higher so that's created the, the, the greater difficulty or the greater battle that brokers are having is with the the banks right and moving an application from sign up through to closing which is where obviously we make our money um rather than the sort of client attitude i think that that, that sort of adjustment has happened now and then people are are far more used to the idea of you saying it's a five six seven percent mortgage rate um the, the bank piece is, is the much stickier thing but you know as they as they get on top of the, the backlog of applications and, and everything else that that will all settle down as well no, it is, yeah, I find it a fascinating area and something that, you know, we, we work on the absolute other end, like our average deal is probably around about 150,000, something like that. So you're, you're not too far off 40 times that, um, which is is a different scale. And that's why I find it really interesting to talk to to sort of somebody like you um, and just get an idea of, of what that world is like. Um, and that kind of brings us sort of neatly on to um, the question that we had from our previous guest. And as I mentioned, on every episode, our current guest or our previous guest asks our current guest a question. Um, and our last guest was Steve Smith from Mint. Um, and he has asked, um, how does Toby's experience in Dubai compare and contrast with the property market in London? And how has that experience to help you deal with larger and more complex transactions in the UK. So it's not the easiest one, maybe, but uh, <laughs> give it your best shot. You can have a um, second to think about it as well. Our international, our international offices, right? So we take, we take Dubai as the example. The, the focus of the Dubai office is, well, has historically not been um, processing or, or selling mortgages on UAE real estate. When I, when I was first out there, the, the aim was really to meet every wealthy QAT, Saudi Arabian, Qatari, UAE national, Omani, Bahraini, hopefully I've not forgotten any, um, national and, and resident who is transacting on super prime UK property, right? Um, okay, yeah. and, and the Dubai offices then since become really our rest of world office. So they service clients from Asia, Australasia, the US, um, really anywhere outside of Europe, right? And um, and they have become experts in in doing so. And I think probably the, the, the best the best thing that's come out of me living overseas was was a 
um, you have no friends, right, when you go overseas, so you have to make friends. And by nature of uh, everyone out there wanting to make friends, it's a, quite easy, but also everyone kind of does the same job. So in, in London, when you're networking, there's a, a smaller, well, there's a bigger barrier to entry, right? People have their established network and their friends and, and family around them. When Whereas when you rock up in the Middle East knowing no one, you're sort of forced to make friends and, and by nature of, your job, you make friends with people within your industry, and those create your opportunities to, to transact. Um, the the Middle East also is an, an amazing place where the attitude is very can do. You know, we can achieve anything. So, you know, traveling for the morning to Saudi Arabia or jumping on a plane for a night in in Qatar is is is, is as difficult as getting the train home from London, right? Um, <laughs> So and, and people are willing to meet and explore and, and understand um, what you're about, and, and I, th I guess that exposure for me was was invaluable. Um, a because of the network it's 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 fortunately built for me, um, but also then the experience it gives you when you come into London, um, and also when you when you are servicing internationally complicated people, um, which is which is really where we add value to clients. It's in the in the in the round peg square hole scenario, um, becoming one of them to an extent, right? I'm not claiming to be an ultra high net worth based <laughs> by person, but you know, when you when you start learning and having to understand the difficulty in getting certain documents together, or what a proof of address looks like in Riyadh, or or what that looks like in Uzbekistan or, or wherever, right? When you're exposed to the same thing in your own life. Um, it gives you a, a, an acute understanding of the, the sort of difficulties that the high net worths or globally mobile high net worths are, are facing. Um, so I think that exposure is also pretty invaluable. And it's one of the big USPs of Ennis is our, is our direct understanding of local markets that we are actually based in rather than markets that we just look at from London. Um, yeah, because it is it's absolutely a, a fascinating space. And is there any kind of difference between sort of selling to um let, let's say sort of dubai um than it than the sort of clientele that you get based in london they, they I, I i guess your the major difference is um it when you know clients based in the uk are, are already contained within a pretty robust legal and tax system um so you know typically e even the most unusual people they have end of year tax returns or bit they might not show much they have company accounts or bit they might be well accounted for um or you know they have variously um recognizable third parties around them that can can vouch or, or give recommendation on their income and expenditure and assets and liabilities right whereas if you take the, the middle east um as an example just because I've, I've lived there um you know at the moment those a lot of that framework doesn't exist so you know um you you might own 300 cranes in Riyadh, um but you share bank statements as a person and the company right you have no no differentiator between that so seeing what someone's income is becomes more complicated you might find that multi-generationally they live they live together or they live on the same compound or they work within a family business um, and, you know, paperworking or, or, or creating a profile for them 
isn't as easy to come by as maybe the the, the sort of UK buyer. Um, so that that's probably the main difference. It's just you know certainly if we consider our our London lending or our UK lending our lending business, then or lending brokerage business, then um, it, it's trying to make sure that people from other parts of the world can tick all the various boxes that we here in the UK require in order to lend some money on their house or, or on anything else that they're they're invested in. Um, so so I think that's probably the biggest um, differentiator between local and international clients is you just don't look the same, right? And, and that's not physically, that's from a, a paper trail and, and yeah. how they operate and the things that are expected of them to meet their minimum requirements. Um, they're just different. So, you know, where we have the, the office in Dubai, people who are acutely aware of, of how it looks, you can, you know, we're we're seeing clients at our homes in Jeddah, Riyadh, Oman, uh, and we're able to spend the time because we don't do lots of mortgages. We do a few very good quality mortgages. We're able to spend and invest the time in in fully understanding them, um, so that we can then present to them what they can do to to make sure that they will have a successful application. Yeah, it's it sounds like uh, you're sort of the opposite of. of- fair few brokers that we know that take a, a sort of scattergun approach to it. You're the absolute opposite, sort of complete laser focused on a select few of, of very good uh, sort of clients that you can do, hopefully build a sort of long-term sort of relationship with, which, yeah, it's a, a really, really very, very much so. And I think in, in, in that as well, rather than being an all, you know, an order take, do I need to put a half million quid? This is the cheapest rate. It, you know, we'd we'd like to think that we 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 add value within the overall transaction. Um, you know, outside of just doing the mortgage application, you know, in terms of being a client's representative when discussing things with lawyers or with real estate agents or tax advisors, and trying to make sure that we're quarterbacking the transaction so that it moves from A to B as quickly and as painfully as possible, including all the other things they have to worry about, not just the um, the mortgage application. So we talk about we talk about internally building building the client team from from day one. So you know making sure that clients are speaking with lawyers that we're we're well versed with working with, discussing things with valuers so that we know the outcome valuations, speaking to tax and and structurers to make sure that you know if they do require it to be owned in a, in a corporate structure that they've got that set up early and and it's the best structure for them or or in fact that they might actually not want to hold it in a structure for various other reasons. So just sort of building a team around the clients to make sure that there's no last minute panics. I've forgotten to do this or I haven't done that, which is is really what creates a stress within all that, that whole process, right? And I'm talking mainly um, my specialty, which is the real estate stuff. Um, you know, the last thing you want is to get to right, right to the end of a, a remortgage to release equity for a client to do something exciting with. Um, and the property down values, and actually, if you known it was going to value at that in the first place, you might have used a completely different lender. Um, so, trying to remove any variable parts to the transaction um, yeah. gives us gives us and the client the best chance of, of success, right? Yeah, it's it's absolutely, uh, and you know, like I said, we could probably spend a good couple of hours talking of that, and I'm conscious of the time, so I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but if yeah, somebody I'll was, of, I'll run out of things that are interesting to no. talk about. <laughs> Absolutely, no, I doubt it. <laughs> with the sort of clients that, that you guys deal with, not that you can maybe share any specifics, but uh, there's probably quite a bit in there. Um, but 
as I'm conscious, it is only 30 minutes in finance. So so where can, um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, where can they go? So I think the best place is, the best place to make a general inquiry would be, of course, to start our, our website, or we can be found uh, on LinkedIn, uh, or very easily just, yeah, Google Ennis, and, and we, we, we invest enough time and effort into our website that we should come up first. Um, and I'm very happy to meet and talk to anyone who's who's interested in in what we're up to, um, who's interested in um, introducing clients, or in fact interested in, in borrowing money themselves. We're, we're always uh, very happy to speak to anyone, um, shape, size, and interests, uh, regardless. No, that's perfect. And I just want to take this time to say thank you ever so much for coming on. Um, it's been really really interesting for me and, and something that I you know I'll take away some of those points as well to sort of implement and hopefully people listening as well can do the same because it is aspirational sort of stuff where you guys are operating um, so it's been really really insightful so thanks so much for your time Toby really appreciate it and, and appreciate your time thank you for inviting us on it's been um, yeah it's been nice to chat to, to someone I've never spoken to before about it so it's been it's been good fun as, as well and hopefully next time we can do it on video once you've yeah. grown once you've grown your podcast um but yeah no it's super so appreciate your time thank you so much